for a track from a homophobe to be called Feel It Boy. Yeah. Uh, before we left you for Christmas, Scott was still back in Kylie as his series winner. For Liam, his current series winner was Vanessa Carlton, but let's face it, uh, she probably won't be there for long. Welcome to the Naughtiest Naughty Podcast. Scott and Liam here going through every single top 10 single of the Naughties decade. Because let's face it, it was the best era for mm-hmm. pop music. Um, and we are looking to declare our Naughtiest Naughties. So I should have one by the end of this. Liam should have one by the end of it. Lots mm-hmm. of you are playing along and have your spreadsheets. And uh, yeah, we go through and talk everything. We talk social impact. We talk uh, vocal. We talk lyric, melody, the crack, all of the stuff about these tracks uh, each week. We pick an episode winner and then that goes head to head with our ongoing series winner and things might change and it gets a little bit dramatic. I've missed you. I miss you too. I was just saying before, I haven't seen you in like six weeks. No, your new glasses look good. Thank you. Um, I know it's a visual thing, but it's so much different to the ones that were taped together. Like yeah. you're off um, a little bit of, what was that programme uh, with Rick Meal in it and Eddie Edmondson? What, uh, bottom. Bottom, yes. Yeah. Uh, you look less bottom now and a bit more kind of... I look of, less Eddie Hitler. Yeah. Great. Uh-huh. And um, Brilliant. a bit more six musicy. Nice. Yeah, nice. That's kind of That's what I was good. going for, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like I realised that I look like, this is a, a, a niche reference for anybody who likes music modern days. I like Jack Antonoff, who mm. produces all Taylor Swift music these mm-hmm. days. Yeah, And works. Lord's music, yeah. Yeah, and he's a very good producer, and let's just, um, you know, flag you up a little bit, why things have been quiet. You mm. have now got the producer job on the most prestigious breakfast show in the northeast of England. Yeah, it's Congratulations. Good Thank you very much. It's the, This is a bit like, right? Uh, Devil Wears Prada, you've got the <laughs> job that a million people would kill for, yeah. pretty much. Um, how does that feel? It's nuts when you put it like that. It's crazy. I mean, like, this week we've had photographers in, the university have come in and done a story on me. <laughs> I'm the subject of, like, lots of attention. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm starting a new job and there's all this kind of, like, eyes on us. It's, it's yeah. a strange one. I've never had this much attention before. No, I, I don't know yeah. how to deal with it. Hopefully, I deal with it all right and just don't don't spiral out of control. You know, officially had more <clears throat> attention in the last two weeks than you ever did on a dating app. I never had a dating app, so that's 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 fine. That's <laughs> oh, all right. That's okay. Maybe I should get one to try and like offset how yeah. much the job pressure is. See if, yeah. see if there can be somebody out there that beats the University of Sunderland. <laughs> yeah. You have to hope so. You have to hope so. Yeah, it's been a strange one. Um, last time we spoke on the podcast, I don't think I'd, I I had even applied for the job. I think maybe I had. I'm not even sure. It all happened very quickly. And I la- can't remember yesterday. The last podcast we did was just, we recorded at the end at the start of December, so probably not. No. I think by that no. point I hadn't even applied for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's all happened very, very quickly. I mean, I think I've, I'm fairly sure, or I've at least thought about it, or, or they were at least going to come up at some point. But Stephen Karen, who I work with now, I was even I was going to try and get him on as a guest for the podcast, to be honest, when we get oh, to 2003, because I, imagine. They, they, I said this in the, the interview I did for the uni, it's like, they, they mean so much to me in terms of my like radio upbringing and mm-hmm. my music upbringing, that um, to now work alongside them is nuts. Like, yeah. it is nuts. And I made them feel very old, and I feel very bad for that, because I've been talking about, like, uh, they started 21 years ago when I was four, and they're like, oh, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's so strange. I remember because I worked with them when they moved to that brand, yeah. but because they'd come for another one. And in radio, they make you sign your life away so that they 
if you leave, that company can still get the head start by recruiting somebody semi-famous and mm-hmm. try and get the numbers mm-hmm. back. But they were on gardening leave where they weren't allowed to work for three months, I think it was. Then they weren't allowed, they were allowed to start to work for the company for three months, but were not allowed on air. Yeah. So they kind of had this weird six month break. It was pretty horrible for them, to be honest. Mm. Um, but it was so good to hear them back on air. But yeah, weirdly, before I even lived here... I would have put Stephen Curran on in my shop in wow. Northern Ireland and um, people would come in and be like, what is this? And I was like, this is a radio station in England called Galaxy. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Um, and it was so, I couldn't believe it that weirdly, you know, they would be on in Balamoney in, North- <laughs> in Northern yeah. Ireland. I must tell them that actually, that would be quite funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jesus. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. Very good. Yeah. I, I, I would, I'd, I've, I've said them like, you know, they, Especially like 2003, when we get at that time, you know, tracks like Sean Paul, Breathe. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that like really, I put like all of that sort of stuff in the same pile of memories of like yeah. getting up for school, mm-hmm. Nesquik, Serial Bars, Galaxy, Stephen, Karen, Sean Paul, Breathe. Uh, and now I hear Sean Paul, Breathe every day, it feels like, because I'm on commercial radio yeah, where the, that is the it, tracks are all very, uh, spout out quite re- repetitively, but no, it's an interesting, now that I'm working in commercial where a lot of the sort of the older tunes are noise tunes, I'm in paradise, obviously, some may say I'm in heaven, that comes up quite a lot, oh, yep. DJ Sammy, mm-hmm. um, we can now kind of get a good barometer of what actually has stayed on, what's what's had the lasting staying power. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that it's the naughtiest, it just means no. it is the safest one that people well. will not turn off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and weirdly, I was doing some accreditation for a piece of software a few weeks ago, and there was a button that I had never known about before, and it's predominantly used in America, but it was an import results button. Okay. And every radio station in these areas pressed that button, and it pulls in the data, and they all get the data about the song testing from the same source. Mm. So everybody gets the same information about what song is a safe song and what's been considered by these groups of people as like a good radio song, um, which means all the stations choose the same songs. Yeah. So some of the ones today we're actually going to hear, um, probably maybe maybe not actually, like, you know, the first one we're going to cover could be one, yeah, this, um, yeah. but there's probably safer ones than that again. But um, yeah, it was so strange to think actually the data bloody doesn't come for the individual radio stations mm. in local areas. It comes from a generic report. Yeah. Um, and then they all played the same stuff. Talking about the dark side, like literally darkness, <laughs> what time do you get up at? What, well, what time's the alarm? My first alarm is 10 to 4. Yuck. And, and how I get many out, alarms? I get out about it. On a good day, I get out about at 4. All right. And on a bad day, I get out about like quarter past 4. Okay. And have a quick shower. So, yeah, right, I always had to shower. I, I always shower, mm-hmm. but just sometimes it's later than other days. Okay. But I always leave the house about, well, I'm not going to say, because people like stalkers. Yeah, it's I'm not- probably going to be the University of Sunderland. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, 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 I live quite close to it, so my walk mm-hmm. is quite short, which is good. So I'm not in there too early, um, but I'm getting used to it. It's fine. It's good. The job's a lot of fun. I mean, I like Stephen Karen are the best. Anybody who in the north who's not in the northeast and doesn't know who Stephen Karen are, have a look at yeah. their radio pedigree. Twenty-one years on Breakfast Radio in the northeast. Mm-hmm. They've got such a big, yeah, following. I've seen the figures this week. They've got a huge following. They they dominated Breakfast here in the northeast, and uh, and now I'm tasked with keeping it that way. Pressure. Yeah, big pressure. But I think mm-hmm. they're they're so good that even if I fuck up, you know, I don't think I yeah. can. I, I can't really fuck too much up, really. I, no, that's it. It's, I, it's just don't make a mistake. A it's not like it's not win big numbers. It's just don't make a major, major, major mistake. Yeah. Really, unless I've taken that. Enough. I've taken them off off air like three times in the last fortnight. That's okay. But they've they, but they've been fine. I did that once in that same radio station at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Happens, doesn't it? 
Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I did it at a point where there was a lot of tech changes going because stations were merging together and no one really knew how to fix it quickly. But mm. we got there eventually. Mm. Yeah. So. Mm. Well, you make the mistakes early on. Yeah. I think I, even, they, yeah. even they, 21 years later, they're still making, you know, but they hold the hands of that. That's a good thing. They're all very honest and we're, we're all kind of... Um, yeah. I think at that time the one we all appreciate that the guy that I made a mistake perfect. with was an absolute idiot and a horrible person and if you could not have made a mistake for that person it would have been great but mm. like it happened really so yeah yeah but mm. anyway no there is a track as you mentioned there's a track that's coming up that I've heard a lot in the last two weeks um, but we'll get into that soon yeah, cool but yeah we're back um, sorry it's been so long we've got nine more left of this year let's try and bosh out all nine in the same yeah. block and not take another break mm-hmm. and then once we've got that out of the way we might take a little break and then start 2003. Big one today. We'll get into why very soon. I want to say quickly before, we've been away for a good couple of months and the podcast stats have been like really bloody good. Oh, really? We've had three brilliant months off the bat, November, December, January, and we've not posted that much. Like in January, we haven't posted anything at all. December when we posted, I think two, Mm -hmm. but we've had like, really high stats for the last That's three really months. good. So if you've come to podcast new and you've been binging it or if you've been catching up or re-listening to old favourite episodes, then we appreciate you because we've we've been so busy, as you've heard, I've been like not gonna be not gonna lie, changing my entire life. Yeah. My life is very different now. It's 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 mad. You've been busy as well with your radio station, which launched oh, yeah. just That'll before the end up. of the year. Which is pulling in the numbers, might exactly. I add. Aren't I'm we very pleased. so well. Yeah, check me out on TikTok as well, <laughs> Dance Rev Radio. Honestly, the, the, the TikToks are ridiculous. Yeah. Aye, it's um, funny. So mm-hmm. even though we've been we've been otherwise occupied, it's always been on our minds. We've always we're still been thinking about you and caring for you. Uh, it's just been hard to find the time. We hope to be back in a bit more good with it now. Once my sleeping patterns are a bit more sorted. One of the silly things was as well is it's access. We don't want to do crappy sounding recordings. Yeah. So it is actually trying to find access. So the one we're in today, um, we've managed to kind of blag. It is dark out. We'll say that much. And because it's dark out, we can do it right now. I mean, I'm in work in 20 minutes. Our backup, (laughs) our kind of our backup system would usually be an option, but the roof blew off that before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. uh, then yeah. it had a cyber attack before that again. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just, uh, and then Boris has slowed things down. So yeah, we've, things haven't worked really in our favour, to be honest. But no, you know, we're that's still true. Even, strong. If, even if we could, we probably couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm never doing it from home ever again. No. Never again. I, well, I can't do it no. from my house, but no. yeah. No. Uh, so shall we get on with it then? Yeah, let's do it. We'll oh, get on okay. with it then. This is a huge episode to get us back on track with our quest because today has the song, which is the reason why this podcast exists. That's today. Mm, okay. And not just that, but arguably Pink's biggest hit of the decade, plus Eminem, Bon Jovi and a hello goodbye for Aqualung. But first... Okay, this is the week commencing the 22nd of September 2002. One day earlier, I love this. Newcastle beat Sunderland in the derby 2-0. How are you? Uh, Craig Bellamy, Alan Shearer, both scoring in the first half. You love to see it. Uh, <laughs> you, you wouldn't see it these days. Uh, well, actually, maybe you would, but you wouldn't because we're not in the same mm. league. We're two leagues apart, so... Yeah, the derby, well, but- maybe, maybe not for long. Oh, look what I, because I host a fan zone now, I've had to learn things. I kind of know a <laughs> we, bit more we, we than what I used to. Were you there yesterday? Uh, no, and it turns, so we found that this is really bad. So because I went away for a night, I didn't do the fan zone yesterday. Mm. There is a oh, trend yeah, that when I don't host the fan zone, we lose at home. And every time I've not done it, we've lost. Apart from once where I had to host 
the family zone, which was inside the concourse. Mm. And I was there for 20 minutes to set somebody up for some training so that I had a backup person. And they won 5 1. <laughs> I'm like, right, so is this the trick? So, but yeah, if I do not host the fan zone at the beacon of light, they lose. Wow. So, um, somebody needs to really up my bucks. Yeah. Pay me the big, the big dollar. Or for us Newcastle fans, we need to lock you in a room somewhere every Saturday so you can't get to the stadium. <laughs> well, you know, you, you don't need to take any action. You should be, like, top three in the Premier we'll, we'll League. We'll be next year. Your money. Yeah. We will be next year, it's fine. Look at me chatting about football, Jesus. I know, oh look God. at us. Uh, let's get into some pop tunes then. Uh, this is the one that I'm hearing a lot on the radio, which I think is a sign that it's got some staying power. Yep. This is, I think, the signature pink tune of this era. She had a lot of big hits in this time, but I think this is, to me, this is the one. This yeah. is the one. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. This, yeah. This was. This is the. This is when we saw the true darkness. Yeah. That made her very special. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's not just the one. It was our number one for pink. It's called Just Like a Pill. Where This is the third single from Misunderstood, which was released in 2000. <laughs> I know because it's M I double S and then da. She can probably almost make that sound cool by saying it like that, but no one no, else can no. say that. No one else can say that. If I do it my accent, Misunderstood. Misunderstood. Well, just say misunderstood normally. Misunderstood. Yeah, it's no different. No. Uh, this song deals with getting out of just painful relationships, but has uh, what 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 Wikipedia says as a sub theme about drug abuse. I didn't even realise it was anything to do with the relationships. I just clear as day thought it was a song about taking drugs um, yeah. and and struggling too. Um, and it is a follow up to Don't Let Me Get Me. So yes. we've had like what did we have before we had? Did we have Get This Party Started? Yeah. Then we've had Don't Let Me Get Me. Yeah. And then we've got this. Just like a pill. It's and you know the way people do document stories through albums mm. it's like she's doing it through releases it's like yeah party 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 mm. oh dear I'm anxious because now I've kind of gone to a party I've taken some drugs and shit like that and then now it's help Crashing, me come down, help yeah. me it's like the proper three track sweep yeah really maybe it is a concept album I haven't even realised no I know yeah because I I always I always thought of albums having to be in chronological order when I was younger mm. and then it seemed to be like oh it's not that important and then Adele's done the whole Spotify take the shuffle button off my album yeah, yeah. and then I'm like thank god this is the way I think things are meant to be done and I thought it was me just being like you know a bit like logical mm. as opposed to experiential and now that Adele's piped in I'm like oh yeah so this is what people and artists want when they make the yeah. the songs yeah, uh, it's so it's it's co-written by Dallas Austin, who also co-wrote "Don't Let Me Get Me." Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a bit of a sequel vibe going on there, and it does kind of feed into your theory. Yeah, so it does equate toxic relationships with toxic chemicals being put in your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pink said at the time, "It's part of who I am, but I'm not as self-destructive as I used to be. I've done it, so I'm not curious about it." And she continued, "I was an idiot. I still am, kind of." Someone said I'm a magnet for that shit. Whatever. I just like to have fun. Fuck rules. <laughs> well in, Alicia. Lovely. Yes. Um, yeah, so I, I think this is the signature one. I think this... They, oh, actually, all three of these singles all come up a lot on Metro, where mm-hmm. I work. Um, I think that that's, that's a real sign of how important they are. Yeah. If you flash back to where Pink was two years ago, when she was kind of... It was like R&B, but it was very posery. It didn't really fit. Yeah. It didn't really, didn't really... Which I still like. Yeah. But it, it wasn't authentic, was it? Maybe, maybe in hindsight, now you look at what happened and then you 
go back to that and go, oh, she's, it was a bit, mm-hmm. you know, but I think even she's said in Don't Let Me Get Me But Ellie, telling her to change her face and she's not Britney and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Here, I now think there's kind of a Lannis Morissette rasp on some of the words, like mm. switch, itch, bitch. It's like a, mm-hmm. Which if you flash back to two years ago, you wouldn't have said that at all. So it's a real no. testament to the transformation that's happened. And yeah, this is very honest and very candid mm-hmm. and, and, and almost kind of shocking in a way. Yeah, it really is. And I think that like this is probably a turning point in society back then because you knew people had drug issues. Mm-hmm. But pe- people with issues were shamed and buried away. Yeah, they were splashed across TMZ or the kind of the gossip magazines are like, oh, look at them. They're a mess. Yeah. And she's kind of like owning it now and actually being like, hold on a second, I'm going to tell you what it's like from my perspective. Yeah. Vocally, I think she's great. I think where you see a really nice side to her vocally. I love the construction of it where the vocals come in, then the guitars drop and then the drums come in as well. And you know it's good because I still to this day know every single word. Same. There you go. Yeah. Every same. word. What age What age are we now? So am I, I'm 18. Uh, I'm six. You're six. Yeah. Uh, powerful. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably wasn't hearing the, word, the version that says bitch. I think in one of the edits that I would hear, somebody had put switch in, switch. Twi- switch, switch yeah. in twice. So you thought it was that. Then some of them started to mute it. Um, but yeah. we knew. I remember there being debates actually about what this, what the word was meant to be. Mm. Um, was it, was she saying bitch? Yeah. Really? Because. So we, the radio we, edit will say she's been a little switch. Yeah. Uh-huh. I like, think. And, and similarly in just like, a, in um, Get the Party Started, it says kissing my ends. Yeah. You take the ends off mm-hmm. another line and put it on where it should say yeah. ass. Yeah. Some of them vocal remove. This is all radio. T- some of them vocal remove <laughs> so it doesn't say anything now. Yeah. But like, yeah. You might get like a, like a record scratch. Like a, you could do, or yeah. Or something like mm-hmm. that, yeah. Yeah. There's a real skill to rewinding stuff, so you've got to be yeah. careful in radio if you're going to do a rewind. It's very difficult to do. But yeah, I think this is really interesting. I do think that I like the darkness of this. Uh, I think it's actually much more important than you would give it credit for, especially in 2002. Oh. Yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. This this probably was kind of glossed over in some corners. It's just like, she's just talking about drugs hypothetically or, mm-hmm. you know, people will have seen the headlines, but maybe didn't think about it too much Yeah, or didn't didn't look inside themselves that much maybe mm-hmm. if they'd see they'd hear the song and like be in a club or a bar and hear it and go oh, that's a great pink song sniff i don't know maybe i i think i prefer don't let me get me okay i do like the sort of desperate despair of this one though i think yeah. it's, there's a real kind of candid desperation of this that i think is really admirable it's good that it got such a big platform number one here in the uk platinum yeah. selling number eight in america big deal I like the backing vocals that she does in her own chorus. Yes. It's so hard to hear. Like, you don't think about it too much. Like, she's belting on the the top of the song. Mm-hmm. And she's just kind of doing her own lows underneath that sound really, really nice. Yeah. There's one thing that... Ah, I'm, I'm very enthusiastic about the song, but there's one little thing that once you've unheard it... Well, once you've heard it, you can never unhear it. Okay. And it's the little triangle all the way through. Ting to ting ting to ting 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 and then above all of it is that triangle. So I'm thinking now, <laughs> if you think, you know, all these years later, the way we, the, the sound systems we're listening to things on are different. So mm. I wonder if in 2002, the way you would have heard that on a hi-fi system or in the car um, or on a radio in your kitchen or whatever, I wonder if you just never noticed that because actually in theory, it was lower down. Mm. And, you know, now to put pink out beside, say, the weekend, the radio station has to have processing that match, you know, 
to make this both songs sound kind of youthful. Yeah. I wonder if that's pulling her up. Yeah. And you're noticing things that are a bit different because I yeah. never noticed. About it is, yeah, it's the, it's the when you hear something, you can't unhear it sort of a thing. Mm. You've seen the Calvin Harris vibe is it the giant one where the guy sitting eating a bag of crisps and then he just presses the keyboard note every so often yeah it might be a bit like that where you can't not so now when i drive around because i drive a banger car here and um it has it has the radio and i can't cope with fm radio around here some days it's too hard so i've got like a ministry of sound annual on and it yeah. has calvin harris giant on from 2019 and i like i air piano as i drive it i press the one key Every so often. Well, I'm sat in the office at work just going ding, 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 ding with my little triangle and my little stick. Get your triangle. <laughs> yeah. Um, a YouTube comment that I want to bring up just because I'm just like, oh, please, why? This is the comment. This generation of kids have Billie Eilish. We had Pink. This song is beyond powerful. No one can top my childhood. Oh. This generation also has Pink because Pink is still a thing. They're yep. very, very different. Mm-hmm. Like Pink is not the same as she was 20 years ago sound-wise. I think now it's a lot more kind of safe and radio-friendly. I mean, this is radio-friendly whether you realise it or not. But like, why have you got a pit Pink against Billie Eilish? No. And I looked in the comments of the like the replies of that comment and people were like, yeah, Billie Eilish is shit. Nah. It's like, I think Billie's just as important as Pink for this generation. Yeah. And people saying, ah, well, Billie, she got sucked in by the studio system when she was young and now it's all meh. It's just like... I would have put Billie, have put Billie against, against Avril. <laughs> well, yeah we'll, yeah, we'll get to Avril, I think, next week and we can have the same conversation again. But actually, another interesting comment further down. Halsey gives me Pink vibes. Yeah. I think is an interesting comparison. Mm-hmm. I think that's a more interesting comparison than Billie. Yeah, I would say. And actually, if you think about what... Because Billie Eilish did a song called Zanny, which is about how much she, like doesn't like any drugs at all mm-hmm. and if you watch the documentary about her there's a conversation when they were putting the album together and getting ready to release it and promote it saying like are we okay releasing this anti-drug song just in case one day you go off the rails and there's like mm-hmm. that was a real part of the film where they go and like her publicity publicity team are kind of saying these things and she's, she's just like well like if, if i do i do but like you know i don't think i'm gonna and it's just mm-hmm. yeah yeah just don't pit them against each other man like it's okay for them all to do their own thing. I just, yeah. I, f- I found the whole discourse very frustrating. Your brain is a calculator on how it makes decisions as it has to compare things to other things. It's a natural thing, but, you know, you can also train it to not just do that. So little old wifey who in love with pink on YouTube didn't need to yeah. didn't need to do that. But I appreciate where it comes from, really. And I know we're hypocritical because what our job is literally <laughs> comparing, comparing things. <laughs> but, like, just let me have this one. As a big Billie Eilish fan, let me have this one, all right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right, big moment. I might get like a big moment klaxon to put in here. That oh. was that. Was, that wasn't big enough. I wasn't big enough. Let's get, let's get a bigger one. Bigger one. No, still not good enough. Bigger, bigger. That'll do. Right, I'll do. Let's flash back to the summer of 2018. Yeah. When I was a wee young lad, <laughs> age just 22. It was only four years ago, and I was driving back. I wasn't driving back. I was in the front seat of a car driving back from a gig in London, Tame Parlour at the O2 Arena. It was amazing. Big lasers and light show and nice. psychedelic music and feeling woozy and a bit drunk and good stuff. And driving back down the motorway, you know, loving life with a playlist on that is called Throwbacks. It's uh-huh. called Throwbacks because our friend is called Becca. She made the playlist. We call her Bex. And uh, it's a playlist of throwbacks. Throwback, Bex, 
mm-hmm. throwbacks. Okay. And it's a place we all add into. It's a collaborative thing, so we can all put our own stuff in there. And we were driving back from London, and this playlist was on, and this song came on. And I just kind of offhandedly said, huh, this might be my favourite track of the noise. And I thought, no, it probably isn't. <laughs> Someone should do a podcast about this. And uh, I think in the same week, I jotted some stuff down and I text you and said, do you fancy doing a podcast about noise music? Uh, yellow. And and it was born. Mm-hmm. And it took a while to get it going. I think we, 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 it took a few months to like actually properly do it and to think of the name and how it would work. The format came together very quickly. It did. But the name took a bit of time in figuring out the logistics of where we're going to do it. Like, cause I had the idea in the summer, and we started in the February of the following year. So it took, it took about six months to get it going properly. Because mm-hmm. I had a pile of podcast ideas. And I was like, that's not going anywhere. That's kind of fallen by the wayside. Naughty or snorty? Ah, that mm-hmm. could be something. And we, it came, it, once we kind of put our minds to it, it came together quite quickly. Yeah. The song that brought it all together was the debut single from... Busted, and the song is called What I Go to School For. This is off the album, also called Busted. It got to number three, yeah. and it was a track inspired by a teacher that Matt Willis pretty much had a crush on too. I'm intrigued as to where you're at with this track now, because you know you've said a lot of big <clears throat> words to start up this podcast. Yeah. Well, think about how many <laughs> <laughs> think about how many series winners I've had between this moment right now and mm-hmm. us first starting two years ago. Because it is now two years since we started doing this bloody podcast. Uh, and two years since COVID started. Because it's oh, been God, the entire yeah. time we've been doing this, it's been COVID. Um, I've had a lot of thoughts about all of those songs. But this has always been in my mind of like, we're always going to get to this point now. Uh-huh. How do all of those rank against this? Hmm, interesting. It's an interesting, you know, because this is the reason it exists. It's like everything's kind of been compared to this and always will be compared to this. So... I, so it's probably gone under the microscope more than any other song, to be honest, and I have got a lot of notes as such. I feel like you should start, though. I forgot. I'm, I'm curious to see what you think. I forgot this was the song that started it all off when I've done my prep. Were you one of the ones who thought, yeah, 3000 was the first one? Or? <laughs> I just, you know what, I, I can't remember yesterday, so I forgot the whole conversation. <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't. Right, so I have put down big vocal opener, and as soon as I heard it, I immediately thought, do you know what, he felt wasted. Charlie felt Charlie. wasted vocally. Not that there's anything wrong with anything that they do song-wise, but like he immediately, immediately within three seconds, positions himself as a big, big voice yeah. straight away. Yeah, yeah. I like the tone of. I kind of like the tone of all three of them. Um, I think they're quite interesting together. I like the fact you've got Charlie, who sounds like he could be the kind of big solo artist globally. You've got the, is it Matt then, whenever he starts screeching out, he sounds like he's very <laughs> Blink-182. Yes, um, very much so. And then, like, Charlie's James. just, is it James his name is? He's just James like, is the middle verse, yeah. Yeah, he's just, like, like happy and safe. Yeah. Welcome to pop stardom. You yeah, know, he, he kind yeah. of He could have been in, like, a different band. Well, he was later in a band called Son of Dork. No, I mean he could have. He could have. But been, he could. At that he could time, have been an S Club have, Junior. Oh, 
Um, you know, he, he he seems like he's versatile, whereas the other yeah. two were very much screamos. They were going to be loud. Yeah. Um, okay. And I loved this track. It gives me really good memories of my mate Sarah, who loved it and really fancied Charlie. And then her little sister Catherine was obsessed. This is Sarah, who's in the band that we've talked about yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Catherine was obsessed with them as well. Uh, but... How does, it, how does it hold up? Is the question. Well, yeah. So we've come a long way in twenty years, haven't we? Mm, we have. And I didn't. I never really noticed this until today, <laughs> and then it's got really weird for me. Yeah. Like very, very weird because I think that if you had have asked sixteen-year-old me, that probably had the same attitudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It would. <laughs> that's really funny that they're writing that down. But now I'm a bit like, should this ever get played on the radio? Should it really? Well, um, well, and does it? Well, you don't really hear it, but I I think it's important because I think, you know, and this is what I like about old TV programmes, I think old TV programmes sometimes are very important to show people where we were as society. Mm -hmm. And yes, it might cause a bit of offence, but it's very important as like a a little sign of what's going on. But like, did you ever go around to a teacher's house? Uh, No, 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 no. Okay, I did. Really? Well, I, well, so I lived in a housing estate that was quite a posh housing estate, which, you know, teachers were female, mm-hmm. predominantly in our schools, which meant that if a teacher was a female, the husband was probably working, which meant that they had two incomes so they could live in nice estates. Teachers, whenever I was growing up. you're up in the tree and she and spots you and says, I'll come in if you want. There was no teachers that were like that. <laughs> in fact, my brother went to a different school. He had a teacher that lived in our housing estate, a deputy headmaster, actually. And he set his house on fire while he was on holiday. Oh. And we had to go around with fairy liquid bottles and put it out. Oh. Um, dodge, dodge, dodge. Do you have fire brigades in Northern Ireland? Um, not that you can, then they'll trace the call and know who did it. Oh, I guess so, you yeah. Know, I suppose so, that was a crime yeah, arson, isn't it? bit yeah. dodge. Um, but yeah, so the porch caught fire, but the house didn't burn down, luckily. I had a teacher come and watch us in a performance when I was in the gang show thing with the scouts. Okay. Yeah. I got a lift off a teacher once and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have normally taken it, but uh, I think had my, my mom, like literally my mum might have just like died days before and I had to go in because I was in a school play and I had to go to the rehearsals and I was like, well, I'll crack on and do these mm-hmm. rehearsals. But she had, and I loved Persia 106s and she had a Persia 106. <laughs> um, was it an XT? My sister had a 106, but it was quite a basic one. And you know when you get into a car and it's got like the, the spare buttons or the spare panels where buttons could be? <laughs> I knew that my teacher had the top of the range one and I just wanted to lift home so I could look at her dashboard to figure out what extra things were on these buttons. If it had been a micro, forget it, I'll walk. She had an upgraded radio as well and I was dying to press the extra buttons that were on the radio. But yeah, so she's balling around Limavari driving me home. And I didn't want her to know where I lived. So mm. I was like, I live around that corner and it was a, it was an awkward housing estate. I was like, I live around that corner, but if you turn right and go down there, you can go back out to the main road and you know you're at, so I'll just jump out here. Um, so I didn't want my teacher to know my exact house. Yeah. but um, And that's where it all ended, Your Honour. Yeah, that was kind there of There was it. nothing more than that. No, that Yeah, no, there was nothing like that. <laughs> but um, like, could you release this now? Because there is a lot of dropping pens and doing stuff on purpose and, you know... Then the music video is actually like the... I know it's supposed to be fun. I know it's supposed to be stupid and, and silly and stuff, but... It is all a bit strange now, all these years later. It's a later. bit statutory. Mm. Well, if you think about it, because I've, I've gone back and forth really a lot on how problematic this is. I, I first started writing these notes back before Christmas when I thought we'd, be, we'd keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's be, I've had a long time to sit on this one as well. And I've, I, I, I looked at the notes just yesterday to add to them. And they were all very big on the fact that it's problematic it's it's, mm-hmm. it's it's this it's that oh god you can't say that but then I, I was like no it's from the perspective of 
the teenage boys. Yeah. And they wrote this when they were teenage boys. They wrote mm-hmm. this after an underage night out in South End. So it's written from that perspective. And of course, they would go that far. And the fact that at the end of the video, the car drives off and flies, you go, okay, it's fantasy, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's I- fine. Except, mm. except, except the line about the climbing the tree. Yes. That's where it gets creepy. Yes. That's the one. But I think everything else, you can kind of go... It's a fantasy from a teenage boy who doesn't know any better. Yeah. But then uh, that line, you go, oh, right, okay. Considering, you know, we've we've come through an era at this point in our lives where at least Marty McFly knows and names his dad as being a peeping Tom. Yeah. You know, so people are aware that that's kind of strange. And Marty McFly was a high school student at that point. So, like, y- you would think 16-year-olds are easily able to identify creepy behaviours. And they mm. do kind of... There's just a few things... Like, I understand the bulk of it is fantasy. A lot of it's jokes. A lot of it's relatable because lots of young people have fancied a teacher. I think I probably fancied one or two. And then one of them... Oh, yeah, one of them. She married a rugby player. Mm. Um, like, a professional rugby player. And, mm. like, had to, like, move because <laughs> she didn't follow his kind of career. Uh, which was a bit odd, but yeah, you you kind of do do that a little bit. But there was I, I can't even remember what the lines were now, but I thought there's a bits there's bits in it where they seem like they really believed that she was into it, you know. And it's like, oh yeah, well, oh, there's no. a, the, the the kind of the the bridge is where it changes, where it's like that's when she starts reciprocating, and then and it yes. becomes a bit creepy again. But then you think about no, it's just fantasy. They just it's just it's an imagination mm-hmm. thing. It could. Be, uh, I do know I do know somebody who honestly I think that they really believed that a teacher kind of fancied them. And I think we might have even egged them on a little bit that if it happened, you would have to go with it. And I'm like, honestly, what the hell were we thinking? But they were kind of obsessed. And yeah. Oh. And I think, I think I remember being a thing whenever I was younger, people was like, mum's egging them on and being like, oh, do you fancy that teacher? You know, maybe it was just like, yeah, were we such shit crack at this era that that was the jokes? I don't know. Yeah. Aye. And you do see news headlines about Teachers and kids copping off, and it's like, yeah, was it maybe, yeah, yeah, it it, it sits really weird with me now. I honestly thought before I even pressed play on this, this this was going to be a really difficult battle this week because this could have been a really big contender for winner, yeah, but but has the ethics of it kind of knocked you off a little bit, yeah. But I did start really (laughs) hypercritical and oh no, oh no, oh no. Then I was like, no, wise up, it's just fantasy. And then whenever I looked a bit deeper, it's like, right, there are a few things that are problems, yeah, beyond the jokes. Yeah. Should we draw a line into the ethics conversation and move on to the actual song? Yeah. I'll and I'll I'll, I'll do one final bit on the ethics, which may help you make your mind up. If you go on the um the genius lyrics thing and the annotations where you can put on the annotations of what uh-huh. the lyrics mean and stuff, on the line, so she may be thirty three, but that doesn't bother me, there is a picture of Jimmy Savile. Oh no. Mm-hmm. And let's move on from the ethics to the song. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, there's the three of them. There's Matt, there's James, and there's Charlie. Matt, for me, has always been like a PG version of Keith Flint from The Prodigy. He has that same kind of like, wah, kind of... Yes, he dresses like about that him. too. Yeah, yeah and the, the spiky style. hair and the f- even the yeah. face is quite similar. That's the attitude and the head. body language and stuff. James has got like that in his, in his verse when they go and go to the house in the video. He's kind of like... The entire, like you say, just kind of like smiling, happy, like S Club Junior, sort of like looking at the camera, like hee hee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to Brit School. Like, yeah, 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 literally. And he's doing the, he does the wink. He does the wink as oh, they're walking. Winks. It's like a, <laughs> very strange. But yeah, as you say, Charlie's the one who's kind of like, you can tell he's the, he's the kind of the prime, he's the VIP of the, of the group. And yeah. he's actually the youngest. He's 17 at this point. They're both 19, gosh. he's 17. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can tell he's an immediate star. I'm not just saying this because I'm trying to get him on the podcast because he's coming to Newcastle soon. I'm not just saying this to butter him up, but like he he he's he's 
He does stand out. He's got yeah. the eyebrows, which became famous, the Charlie eyebrows. They're like big, thick black slugs. There's the coordinated jump that they became known for, Busted. In the video, they all did the jump at the same time with the guitars. I have seen them live. I have just remembered. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen them live. We yeah. spoke about this last last Did episode. <laughs> it, was, it was part of a show, wasn't it? Like other other bands. Yeah, like a compilation to yeah. where they were. Where they were with Liberty X and that rings a bell. Kelly Lorena. Um, who else can I picture? Uh, I'd have to. I have photos. I have actual photos because back in the day when you brought an actual camera to these yeah. things, yeah, there's photos. <laughs> Jesus. There's a small chance that I feel like I've either met Charlie or I've been to see him or I've seen him at a gig as well as a solo artist. Right. But there's. I'd have to. This is this is so bad. I've got to go back and ask my wife now because <laughs> I forget a certain point in my life. So yeah, there's the, there's the jumping. There's there's kind of the the fake American accents that come in there. Like yeah. I think Matt especially is kind of like to get the best view of her <laughs> ass. Like you know, it's very Mr. Willis. Hello cha- again, channeling Blink One Eight Two, Sum Forty One, that mm-hmm. sort of style of things. And I th- I'm sure we said the same sort of thing when we did those tracks back at the time. Mm-hmm. Was it? I think it was Sum Forty One. I might have said they were like the Canadian busted. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and of course, like. The, there's the whole staginess of the whole thing because like as much as it's definitely actually I'll, I'll bring up a quote from uh, this is Freaky Trigger on the review of You Said No which is I think is their first number one that you said no that's yeah, the one yeah. mm-hmm. he called them perpetually horned up heart on sleeve lads with a soft pop centre which I think sums up quite nicely okay. yeah as much as it's kind of a rocky sound it's still very much pop you know they're still very much going to get on the yeah. smash hits cover rather than Kerrang mm-hmm. my dad was convinced that they didn't play their own instruments this is all kind of Ooh. like manufactured shit like because he, he gave me a good music taste you know at this age I'm listening to like ACDC and like The Clash mm-hmm. and I'm suddenly bringing in busted CDs and he's going what the fuck is this mm-hmm. well no, he's not saying that to me but like I'm sure he's thinking it Yeah, he's the guy who stopped by an enemy magazine because Justin Timberlake got on the cover that's my dad, oh, right. right? So yeah, so, so busted was just kind of like this. It's just like what am I? Like what is this kid? Like I'm raising him wrong. Uh, this is this is terrible. But I loved it. I lapped it up. I saw them live. I actually went and see them on a tour at the arena. It was amazing. I think. I mean, I was seven, so I don't actually remember that much about <laughs> it. But I'm sure it was amazing. But where do I sit on it all this year? All this time later. Or where, where, do I, where, where do I sit on it four years after I thought this might be the best pop song in it the world? It has so much sing-along ability, though. Yeah. It really, really does. And I know every word. Even if you change the words to more appropriate words, you would probably sing along with it as well. So actually, there is the biggest concern with it just now some of the content. And if you did adapt, you know, imagine it. You know, what I go to school for, like, what would people be saying mm. now they go to school for? Probably, like, fucking drugs in the back toilet or something. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but musically, I think it's a really good debut single production. Yeah, it but sounds yet, great. Four years later, have you had this conversation with Becca? No, I'll, I'll get her to send a voice note in. Yeah, I okay. Uh, sorry, Becca, if we've ruined this for you. <laughs> what, whenever you said this could have been the best one, did she agree with you? Or did this? She wasn't in the car. Oh, was she not? Because oh, li- you were she, just listening she, she to the playlist. She lives in London. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so we were driving back from her house, effectively. Right, I get you. But yeah, I'll, I'll see what she thinks. Uh, I'll, 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 I, she's very much a Kylie person. I'm sure, her, I'm sure she's with you on Kylie being the best of the noughties, but uh, I don't know where she stands on Busted. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of arguments as to whether they're punk or not. There's a lot of arguments of how pop they are. There's a huge comment that I might... Uh, yeah, I'll read it out. This is from Song Meanings in 2003. Someone commenting uh, in response to the Busted haters. It says, <clears throat> What planet are you lame on? 
Planet Lame busted are surely the best pop band of the moment. At least their music has an actual melody and, do- and doesn't have some talentless guitarist playing the same constant quaver crap that every punk band has since 1995. The way they don't fake like their punk a la Avril ooh, is pretty cool too. Mm. She should really stop trying to be cool. As for the lyrics, I interpret them as being about drugs. The teacher represents LSD. I see her in her underwear. I can't help but stop and stare. I don't know what okay. that has to do with it. And uh, this is what he goes to school for. Well, it's what most people go to school for these days anyway. So you've just said it there, actually, about these yeah. days, kids, you know, that might be what they go to school for. Or it could still be the teachers. Even when I was at secondary school in, like, 2012, the, the lads were still perving other teachers. There was a supply, a supply teacher came in for, like, one week, and she was the talk of the entire school. Oh, we had and I think she too. became the talk of the school so much that she, she, she couldn't stay because it became such a, mm-hmm. a source of attention for her. to stop her. wearing skirts. It's yeah. not really bad. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. 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 So, yeah... Uh, we're not on Planet Lame. I, I still like it, but I've got reservations. I also like the comments on YouTube that say about the line, she may be 33, doesn't bother me. People say that they were younger than that when, young, younger than the guys making the song when they first heard it. Now they're older than the teacher. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That'd be you. That'd be me. That'd be to you. Be fair. Yeah, you, you're, you're the same age as, uh, as two of them. Mm-hmm. And now you're older than the teacher. Gosh. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh well. Interesting. Okay. So to go from the kind of the full punk, you might say, of Busted to the out-and-out aggression grr, of Eminem and his beef with his mom, uh, this is Cleaning Out My Closet. I'm sorry, mama. I never meant to hurt you. I never meant to make you cry. But tonight, I'm cleaning out my closet. One more time. I said I'm sorry, mama. I never meant to hurt you. I'm meant to make you cry, but tonight I'm cleaning out my closet. I got some st- this is the second single off the album The Eminem Show, the follow-up to Without Me, and it's not the normal humorous style that we've had from him recently. This is a much more serious song about his childhood uh, and pretty much a relationship with his mother. I've actually got this down as an intro juice, as the first intro juice, mm. because I think like the other ones take, they're, they're very chill before the drop, whereas this kind of has some depth to it yeah. immediately off the first beat. So Eminem's getting an intro juice off me, which is... Unheard of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the last single, Without Me, he shouted the line, Fuck you, Debbie! And this is that again, but not in a humorous way. No. Uh, the, the whole song is Fuck You, Debbie, but in mm-hmm. great excruciating detail. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not a lot of fun, is it? It. Uh, let, let's be honest. Uh, if you've seen the video, the video's very dark. It's it's almost like reenacting scenes from his childhood. Like, there's a mm-hmm. point where like, like he, he, he makes her a Mother's Day card and she tears it up and there's a bit where... Like he's written a book full of things, just saying like "fuck I hate you, you, I hate, I hate you, you, I hate you" on every page. Yeah, it's, it, but like it, it, it all feels so specific that it's like he's probably directing that based on things that actually happened. Yeah, all of this, if you want to call it beef drama, all of this real relationship problem uh, was all played out very publicly, wasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. There's a line where he refers to a CD being made, which is referring to uh, a track that she did with a rap duo IDX, where she wrote him a letter and reads it to him, and that's. This is kind of response to that. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a rough one. We've, we've we've we know a lot more about Eminem's personal life than probably any other person around at this time because he's very very uh, autobiographical in his work, be it channeled through comedy or be it channeled through you know really serious stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it paints a pretty sad picture of his life, and I think it, it probably puts some things that we've moaned about in the past into some context. It doesn't excuse it. 
And I think him moaning about being protested against for the things he said is just, like, ridiculous. Yeah. I like the melody of the chorus. But, yeah. Um, what is it? I'm sorry, mama, I never meant to hurt you. So I mm-hmm. like the melody yeah, yeah, of that. I think it's quite nice. The story's strong, which I think is good and it's important. It just made me feel really miserable. Like, it really, even talking about it again, too, there's just, like, this big black cloud. And it, but obviously, it is the story within it. But moving the story aside, I still have an issue with the way in this he just delivers his actual lyrics. <laughs> yeah, it annoys me. And it's like, I was trying to think today, what is it? And for this one, I just needed him to speed up a little bit. Like, just get it out. Just tell me the story. <laughs> Hurry up. You know, when somebody's just really dragging out a story, I feel like mm. the the rate at which he did it, 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 it needs to be faster or mm. slower or just change it and get to the point. Or just a bit more concise. Yeah, it was... Word economy. It yeah. <laughs> was doing my head in listening to him, to be honest, and trying to not be disrespectful of the story that he's telling within it. But yeah, um, I find this a really hard listen, even though at the time I must have. This is the kind of thing that I would have turned off because it would have been a trigger for me being in a bad mood. Yeah. But if I was in a good mood, then I would have sat and watched it because I remember the music video. Mm. But it's not. I would have not <clears> kept that on every single time. Whereas I would have kept pink on every single time. Yeah. Um, this would have gone off because I needed to be in the zone to watch it when it was on the music channels, which were like on 24-7 in any room I was in. Yeah. Mm. The, in terms of the beat, I mean, this is basically trap before trap yeah. was like actually a thing. Aye. Like the snares are a bit kind of, mm-hmm. the snares almost sound like they, you know, the, you know, the sort of fake drum kits you can get where it's at the pads. Mm-hmm. They sound a bit like that as opposed to like an actual kind of like trap yeah. snare. So it's, it's not quite there, but actually in terms of structure, it is basically trap. So it's kind of a bit ahead of the game in terms of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's a slog. That's the word. Slog. It is a slog. But, but, I, I don't, but I think this YouTube comment kind of sums it up as to why it's fine and, and not for us and like we can't criticise too much. As a daughter of a malignant, narcissistic mother, this song has deep meaning for me. I always appreciate Eminem as an artist because he never sugarcoated his emotions. I always cry at the three minute mark because mm. I feel all of it. Yeah. So that's somebody with real personal experience who can relate to what he said and it's it's not for us, it's for them. Mm-hmm. Um and I'd love to know what she's doing with her life. I want to know whether, you know, whenever she's gone through that, is she doing something for, you know, societal good or is she just trying to make herself rich and famous to give the V's to her mother? Like, I don't feel like his, I don't think like when you want to be rich and famous to kind of give somebody the V's is the correct thing to do in those circumstances. Or, yeah. But I understand why people think that that's how you, you know, you do get your kind of comeuppance. But yeah, I'd love to know what that person who made that comment actually does yeah. today and if they've done anything beneficial for other people really because yeah. like yes he tells a story yes he's raising awareness and things of it but um you know like i don't know whether he's given millions to domestic violence causes or you know mm. you know mother and baby homes i'm not sure yeah but the, yeah the, the, the kind of the crazy thing about all of this is that they've reconciled him and his mom have reconciled oh, wow have they in 2013 um, he apologised for this song, basically, and other things that he said on a track called Headlights. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, they've, they've, they've kind of reconciled since then. So, you know, not nothing's ever completely buried. I think he's kind of spoken about how much he regrets this this in particular. So, yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. I think we'll, we'll see a lot more Eminem as the years go by, and we'll see a lot more songs like this where he goes into that stuff. But, yeah, bear in mind that they have actually reconciled. Okay. Mad. Have I reconciled with Bon Jovi is the question. Probably not, but we'll find out. Anyway, we'll go into some detail. This is a track that was number five, lead single from the eighth album, Bounce. It's called Every Day. Yeah. 
So I think Bon Jovi have got you over a barrel because this was co-written with Andreas Carlson, yeah, who Liam you love, and it was nominated for a Grammy for Best Pop Performance yeah, by a duo or a whole group. So you know that the it's Grammy good. snubbed the weekend. So you know that it's good. I don't care. You're gonna. I bet you'd love this. I, di- I didn't hate it. <laughs> um, so it's especially because it's what it's inspired by. I do like the story behind it. So um, John Bon Jovi told Cosmopolis magazine that he wanted to make an optimistic record. Um, he said, "What has worked for us throughout the twenty years we've been making records is trying to find the optimism in any situation you write about." You know, it's uh, if you keep the faith after the riots in LA, or it's every day after the World Trade Center, you try and find the optimism, a reason for people to want to go on. It's, I, because of that, I can't criticize it too much. Yeah. I will let them off. Uh, I like that it's got a bit of a new metal kind of feel to it in some parts, like with kind of some yeah. contemporary electronic bits. Uh, it's got like a nice rocky, grungy start. Dare I even say, maybe even close to an intro in some kind of way. Oh, wow. But no, if it wasn't, it, it, I think I'd like it more if it wasn't Bon Jovi. I think it's just, it's just him. I don't like. I don't like his tone, like him. So that's why I've, I've got something noted down about that because I think that his tone is obviously really, really distinctive. Yeah, really, really good. But it gets lost the further into the future he's kind of come with his music because mm. I don't know whether it's computers or whether it's production. He doesn't suit the 2002 type of production that's going on songs. His voice, for me, clear as day, is a live performing song into a microphone, into a speaker, not to be necessarily printed onto medias. So, and I've noticed that with this one as well too. What it, So I think actually you probably like it more than I do, which is strange. I don't really remember it. Instrumentally, don't mind it. The melody is complex, and actually what happens is whenever I start listening to the chorus, it sounds like it's going to turn into the pre-chorus of the A1 track, same old brand new you. I still remember, um, which is weird, and I'd rather listen to A1 than Bon Jovi Me too. at this easy. point. Yeah, easy. Um, but I do think that, yeah, I think we're starting to see now that actually what he was known and loved for worked better 10 years ago on the way that they record tracks. Yeah, and we've had this conversation before about artists kind of being left in the past. You know, they they, they try and move with the times. The last person we spoke about who did this was uh, Paul Weller. Oh, uh, yeah. Again, it's that same thing of they're trying, but they're always going to belong in that, era, in that era that they were known for and maybe just... They've been left behind. They're, They're never going to get forgotten about. No, God, no. no. And it's same, so we're, we're still, there's still pink tracks coming out now today. Yeah. But if you say name a pink track, someone's always going to go, just like a pill. Yeah. You know, they're get this party started. They're going to whip this stuff out because it's very hard. You know, your whole brand's built on your first launch, really. And Bon Jovi's mm-hmm. always going to be like the, the 90s stuff, living in a prayer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's mad that I like it more than you. I, yeah, can't, I, can't, I can't hear it in my head. Oh, I've totally forgotten it. Oof. Speaking of, Aqualung and (laughs) a hello goodbye from him. This is a track called Strange and Beautiful, I'll Put a Spell on You. This was made famous from a Volkswagen Beetle advert all back then, which was a big deal because Beatles were making a comeback and we, you know, well, we've, we've had the, was it the probably the first Beetle would have been 1999? Right. The, the comeback ones, because it would have been probably an X-Reg in England, which I think is around 1999. But yeah, so the Beatles were quite a big deal. They were still a very big talking point at all times. So this will have got quite a lot of traction. 
Yeah. That. Lovely yeah. opening piano on that. I think a really nice piano. Actually, the piano is a bit early cold play. Yeah. yeah. So I think mm-hmm. it was a really, really good piece of art there with the piano. I like the, they could have gone really heavy on the walkie-talkie style vocals. They've just gone in slight and it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally just like very easy listening. It does get a bit more depressing as you go, but very easy listening. Yeah. I'm interested by the story of this more than the actual song itself. Uh, Aqualung is Matt Hales. Um, he was a songwriter. He was kind of out on his arse after he'd uh, finished with some bands that he'd been in. And um, he, he'd written this kind of 30 seconds of music for this advert. And it, the advert did amazingly well. And then suddenly radio stations were getting phone calls saying, what's that song on the VW Beatle thing? Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, maybe we should make an actual song, song. out of it. So yeah. as opposed to the normal thing of like a song being chopped into an advert, mm-hmm. this is an advert that's been stretched into an actual oh, wow. music. So it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fascinating story. He got in the studio, he kind of added to it, and then suddenly it's this massive hit. Number seven in the UK, uh, the album... The, the, the fact that there was an album off the back of all of this mm-hmm. as well is crazy and then since then I mean Aqualung had this one single and then that was kind of it for like mainstream success but he's gone on to write for Leona Lewis and Boyzone and Leanne Le Havas and like lots of other oh, kind wow. of big names and he's done tracks that have appeared on lots of TV shows like Skins CSI the Twilight film so he's had an amazing career it's all kind of born out of this just 30 seconds that he'd made that's, just, that's become that's, that's huge. so impressive that yeah that's actually really impressive um, got on top of the pops got a record deal <laughs> um, and it all from a, all from a song that he said he recorded with a microphone and out of, out of tune piano in his hallway I love the fact that it was, I read about it being in his hallway and I love the fact that he's done it in his hallway because one, um, it makes him seem posh that he's got a hallway. Two, that if he's made it in his hallway and that piano's in there, he's got quite a big hallway. And I've always wanted a piano in a hallway in a house. Yeah. Really. And yeah, I probably, but the weird thing is, is like those hallways in my head are terraced houses and I make too much noise. Mm. I live in a semi and I really... (laughs) Already needed a detached house. If you listen close enough to the masters of this, you can just hear like, fucking shut up. That's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, strange and beautiful. More like conventional and boring. Am I right? <laughs> uh-huh. I wrote that after less than 30 seconds. I just thought it was a funny line. Um, it, 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 it's fine. It's, it's a bit of a snoozer. I can't hear it. I c- it makes sense that he's an acclaimed songwriter off the back of this because I can hear that he's obviously good Taunted. at what he does. He's a talented, mm-hmm. yeah. I hoped that the Put a Spell on You bit would have something to do with the Nina Simone, that kind of song, Put yeah. a Spell on You because you're mine, but it doesn't. It's just something else. Yeah, so the Nina Simone use of I Put a Spell on You actually seems quite magical. That does feel strange and beautiful. I, and Yeah, and then this, I, I think whenever men say about putting spells on you, it feels a bit <laughs> yeah. weird. A bit, whereas, a bit busted. <laughs> yeah, and then whenever women say it, it's a bit more ethereal. Yeah. It is actually magical and things and... Yeah, it does. I just think men saying about convincing, I convinced her, I, I won you round. Yeah, it just sets off alarm bells, yeah. really. And it's not, I'm not saying Aqualung's like a weirdo, but I think that, that <laughs> I mean, now we'd be much more careful about writing yeah. things like that when we wouldn't have back then. Yeah. Um, so it's one for the history books. Do you ever have a beetle? No, they're not very powerful, oddly enough. The no, engine range no. and the Beatles you, you aren't like very good. Roar, don't you? Yeah, I uh, never particularly liked the style of them anyway, really. Um, would I have a Beatle? No, no. Yeah, I would never particularly want one. I have sat in one, though, because I think I wanted the sitting one. So when I was looking at secondhand cars once, I was like, let's just get in and see what it's like. <laughs> um, and it just wasn't right for me. For for people that like that kind of style of car, it was everything was obviously perfect. Yeah. Uh, it just wasn't for me at all I feel like I could pull off a beetle 
<laughs> Tweezers. Um, yeah. <laughs> I had a yellow toy. Oh, just... I had a yellow that took toy. Us, that took yeah. us too long. Oh. I had a yellow to- toy oh. car beetle. Um, I must have been buying toy cars way too late because I tried to collect them you see but I do mo- oh no somebody bought me a VW set so I have a bunch of model cars I've got like a, a 90s Golf with a roof down um, it has a In like a sort of plastic box like, it will a dis- like a display box it will have been in a display box I'm but sure I like to open things like that. like that as well yeah I, 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 may a, have a dub- I may have a Beetle in a, if it's in a box in a display case check yeah. it out because it might be worth a bit of money now depending Ooh. on what the brand is look for Matchbox and look for Corgi if you get Corgi you're onto a winner oh, yeah. you're talking like you could get like probably get up to 100 quid depending on what the car is I could always do 100 quid mm-hmm. it's like yeah. ch- Chinese for a fortnight you could it? get more mm. I've been into a corgi shop and it is expensive stuff but yeah Beatles not for me but definitely like a, an interesting car and a, a great comeback car really. yeah I wouldn't again the original Beatles were very slow so I wouldn't even particularly want a, an mm. original authentic one well I can't drive so it's all hypothetical <laughs> to be honest drive me uh, let's move on to Beanie Man and Janet Jackson. Now, this is one where, like, you know, this is a conversation to have. Mm. We, we've skipped people in the past for things. Beanie Man, I think, is is on that spectrum of kind of like, is he skippable mm-hmm. sort of thing? But I kind of don't want to skip him for one pure reason. Simon Amstel. We'll get into it. This is uh, Beanie Man, Janet Jackson, and the track is called Feel It Boy. Yeah. So this is from Beanie Man's 15th studio album Tropical Storm uh, Written by Beanie Man, Pharrell, Chad Hugo, Clancy Eccles And produced by the Neptunes Yeah, and I didn't know that there was a Beanie Man scandal Until I just about finished all of this So I was in a good place with it So many And then things changed But like, let's do, I'll do some facts I like his tone Yeah I like her tone Yeah And I like the production Yeah I could book a holiday immediately to the Caribbean Totally And yeah, then that's whenever I started to go a bit deeper And it turns out that Janet Uh, regrets working with him Because he's a little homophobe Tell me what you know well, I mean, Little Homophobe doesn't really cover it. Um, he's one of a number of Jamaican artists to include lyrics which appear to incite hate against gay people. Okay. Over the years, he's variously apologised, retracted, apologised, retracted, denied he's ever even said apologies about her homophobia. He's gone very back and forth on this. His shows have been protested. Some shows and festival appearances have been cancelled altogether. There was a threat of prosecution against him in 2004. Uh, in 2007... It was reported that he'd signed the Reggae Compassionate Act, which they had to bring in because there's so much anti-gay material uh, in this community of of kind of Caribbean artists that they had to bring out a thing saying like, right, this is your commitment to stop being homophobic in your songs. Mm-hmm. And um, it was reported that he'd signed it. And then a month later, he denied that he'd signed it oh, and, and reaffirmed that he didn't support their way of life. Janet Jackson, 2004, she said that she'd regretted working with him. She said if she'd known that he was a homophobic or associated with homophobia, she wouldn't have worked with him. She said it was shocking. She said they're on the same label. She should have known. But yeah, she wished somebody had said something because she's so strong an advocate for the gay community that working alongside him is obviously not a great look. And I bring up Simon Amstel because on Pop World, Beanie Man was a guest and uh, Simon Amstel is gay and he flirted with Beanie Man and really pushed his buttons. And you can't find this online anywhere because it's been scrubbed, but I've seen it in the past. Simon asks him for a hug. Um, He gives him a banana with his phone number written on it. 
and it's the most funny it's it's pop world so of course you know they were provocative and they and they needled him and they pushed him and they they kind of probed him a little bit and and he wasn't comfortable uh, with any of it and it's really funny and pop world is just the most amazing thing ever so that's that that's that's your fact fact digest on beanie man it's a shame that i like the song as much as i do yeah i didn't know any of that and i'm like how on earth have i missed that but i'm just i my head just goes do you know what it is right even if you're just homophobic what difference does it actually make to your life if you don't like people being gay don't be gay yourself don't have sex with somebody of the same gender as yourself yeah. The thing is, though, like, I just think all the people that I know are homophobic, first sniff of some sort of like an orgy or gangbang, you know, like one woman, nine <laughs> men, and they're all going for it. And I'm like, mm, yeah, yeah, mm. OK, uh, mm. yeah, you'll yeah, you'll you'll spout off stuff whenever you're in the pub. But like you fucking you're away in there straight after him, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Mm. OK, two points and then we'll move on. Janet is better than doing hooks. Why does Janet Jackson need to do a hook on a Beanie Man song? I don't know. And. Yeah, which is br- no she's brilliant. She's great. Yeah, but doesn't need this. Nope. Uh, although it is her last top ten single in the UK, Pfft, mad. And for a track from a homophobe to be called "Feel It, Boy," yeah. Uh, <gasps> I know what you're thinking. Yeah, I know. I know. Don't say it. I, I know. know thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, we we can think about it because we're not homophobic. But if she, I'm sure if Beanie Man reads this twenty years on and goes, "Oh, what have I done?" Mm-hmm. Mm, exactly. Yep. We'll move on. On to a subject that Beanie Man likes a lot more of, Dem Girls. Apparently. We're not Dem Boys. Uh, Oxide and Neutrino featuring Cowdeem. Dem Girls, I don't know why. This is the second single off the album Two Steps Ahead. We didn't actually get the first single because it didn't top 10, but the last track that we've covered on the podcast was Up Middle Finger, and this is the official goodbye. Yeah, this, this is the, the last official one, yeah. goodbye for Oxygen. They've, they've had a fair few, and they were in the first first episode of this podcast, they or the first been. two. Yeah, so maybe. So they've had a good run, a couple of years. They've had another track out last year because I got sent it. It just I've got didn't it in my notes, my yeah. dance show, they had, they had um, but it was good. With um, Leo the Lion yeah, yeah. from the streets. Mm-hmm. Really good. I didn't think I knew this, and then I did recognise it by the time it got to the chorus. I say, I've written down, it doesn't spark anything in me, but then straight underneath I've gone, I did laugh at whenever he mentions Melissa drinking Cristal, like she was dehydrated, <laughs> and then he wishes she was as keen downstairs. Um, but, and I was like, so it did cause a reaction in me, but I'm like, is that just me being like a, a prepubescent idiot? Yeah. You know, giggling probably. there. <laughs> yeah, probably. She likes Cristal, but she's not very good, and she's not as keen on the oral sex as she has at chugging Cristal. <laughs> um, so I did kind of laugh at that, yeah, a little bit, but yeah. it's it's not what we've seen from them so far. No, it's a different sound. It's um, it's kind of more old-school hip-hop kind of vibes, and yeah. I was on the way here, I was kind of like, cause when, I, when I first listened to it earlier, I was kind of like, it reminds me of something, it reminds me of something, mm-hmm. can't think what it is, can't think what it is. And on the way here, literally crossing the time bridge, it hit me. I was like, ah, right. And I went on Spotify, I found it, and it's NWA Gangster Gangster. Oh, really? Yeah. Ice Cube will like to say that I'm a crazy motherfucker from around the way. Since I was a youth, I smoked weed out. Now I'm the motherfucker that you read about. The flow is the same. Well, actually, no, the flow is not the same. The beat is the same. The tempo is the same. And the kind of structure of it is quite similar. The, the vocalist on this uh, is... It doesn't really work for me. Like, his flow coupled with this kind of old school, almost NWA kind of sound... 
didn't work. I, I, I like what they're trying to do, kind of fusing old and new. Like yeah. the, the vocalist sounds very 2002. The song in parts does, in parts sounds a bit older. In that same kind of structure, it's a bit like Afro Man crazy rap, where it's like the stories of different girls. Yeah. Kind of, you know, very bite-sized, quick hits of stories. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, does I that get ca- it. Does that kind of make you... Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, what? Well, you know, <clears throat> right, weirdly, do you know what my favorite thing about it is, and the bit that caused the biggest reaction in the music video. One of the opening scenes is a dot, a dot matrix printer, and it <laughs> makes the noise. And I actually really never really noticed this, but really loved the noise of a dot matrix printer. Mm. And it must throw me back to achievement at school. Whereas, like, if you were like in our school, if you were allowed to press that print button, it meant something <laughs> had been checked and it was print worthy. You know, it was like, can you type your name on four different lines? <laughs> like, and you were like, you were jealous if somebody got to have their actual thing printed off, and then you get to tear the sides off it and everything. Um, I got to a point at school where I was actually able to reload the paper. Wow. For the computer assistant into the dot matrix. Yeah. But yeah, that was really the, my favourite thing. Like, I, I like Oxide Neutrino. I yep. think actually, I think this is completely overshadowed by what they did in 2021 there last year. Like, mm. good, but yeah, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not overwhelmed, not underwhelmed. I'm not even really whelmed. No, yeah. Yeah. I've already forgotten it, but I like the poetry of the chorus line. Can I read it to you? Mm-hmm. I don't know why these girls be bitching on me because it's just the same and I already have a girlfriend. Isn't oh. that just like poetry? Mm-hmm. And it's the same line repeated. It's just like, oh, beautiful. Why is it called Dem Girls? But he says these girls. At no, point, at no point does he say Dem Girls. He says these girls. Why is it not called these girls? He was probably drinking milk. Girls? He will have been drinking milk. And in the 90s, when you drank milk, your head went, Dem bones, Dem bones need calcium. So he was just thinking, oh. Dem girls. Okay. Maybe he wants to drink milk while he has it off with girls that he's not supposed to have it off with. I do like a glass of milk. I'm mm. partial. Mm. Right, another week done. It's nice to be back. I've enjoyed that very much. We now have to choose some winners. Uh, oh. I think people know what I'm going to do. Or do they? I don't know. A lot's, a lot's changed in 20 years. It, it has. That's the thing yeah. about the podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Um, when I looked at this list I was like oh this is quite an exciting week because I'm going to discover some songs I don't remember and I might have some ones that pop up that'll be contenders and stuff like that that are really going to take it but yeah not so much this week Um, is your pot a two or a one Because there's nothing below the top two, is there, that's worth... No, not really. And I'm still, I've still, yeah, I'm still questioning. Yeah, okay, it's a two. It is it's clear a as day, a two. Okay. Yeah. But which is which? Okay. Right. My two, pink, just like a pill. And my second, busted. What I go to school for. That's what I go to school for. So your two's pink and your one's busted, huh? Because you said you, you said two and second. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Two's pink. So the two in my pot, <laughs> pink, just like a pill. I'm busted. What I go to school for? This right. has been too long. And which is the this winner? Um, are you going to give me a drone? No. No. That's for the. That's for the next bit. What? Oh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Shit, oh my God. <laughs> oh, you've been away in six weeks. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Oh, right. I, God, right. And whenever I was trying to drive here, um, there was a really <laughs> massive queue in the McDonald's, so I didn't get my cup of tea. Oh. Uh, my episode winner is Pink Just Like a Pill. You're just like a pill, instead of me. 
right? Whoa, there we go. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's going to be a confusing that, edit. That's, like, unintentionally probably the most hardest episode whenever we've ever had to choose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> For different maybe. reasons than normal. Okay, yeah, what's okay. in your pot? Uh, same as you, just a two. Uh, yeah, second pink, just like a pill. Oh. You're just like a pill. And first busted what I got to school really? for. Really? Oh yeah. wow! Well, I suppose you did say that you like you, you preferred a bit of the last pink track that we've done. Yeah. Um, okay, that's fine. Right. Cool. Okay. So yeah. now this is the drone part mm. where I ask you, Scott, do you prefer? That. I know. Do you prefer Kylie? Can't get out of my head. Or pink, just like a pill. Uh, let's take a pill and play this drone. This is interesting because two very different tracks, both very impactful. And everybody knows the words to both of these tracks. Yeah, this is actually quite a hard choice, isn't it? Um, just like a pill. Run as fast as you can. There's a lot more lyrics in this one. There is more lyrics. There is less hooks. There's the. I would say that people would say the social impact of Kylie is still bigger because of like music videos and things like that. If I said to somebody name a Kylie track, they would probably say can't get it in my head. If I said to them name a pink track, I'm not sure that they would still go here. I still mm. think people go get their party started. Maybe. Um, I do think we're definitely in the pink era of you'd still pick one of two. Um, Kylie stays on. Okay. Mm. On the subject of Pink's music video, actually, a thing I forgot to mention when we spoke about the song is that the video, I'd never seen the video before. I had. I'd I never seen it, it before. And it does it does kind of replicate the feeling of being on too many drugs, isn't it? Like, well, it's, so, a, it's a, lot of zo- a lot of crash zooms and a lot of, like, your eyes roll yeah. about when you're watching it. So I find it really hard to watch. Really hard? Today, whereas... I don't remember finding it difficult when I was younger because obviously I was probably so used to being able to like navigate circumstances when I was completely drunk somewhere. Yeah. Um, whereas now, yeah, it was quite difficult to watch whenever I've done my prep for it. Mm. But I loved it. Really good video. Makes yeah. sense. It's an cool. edgy one. She's got like a boobs out with black tape on the nipples and stuff. Yeah. It's like, a, ooh, That's yeah. That's what I'm wearing right now. <laughs> what about you then? Okay, so you've got a bit of busted what I go to school for up yeah. against Vanessa Carlton, 1000 Miles. Here's your drone. Vanessa Carlton next. Was it that simple? It actually is. Oh, right, okay. I was thinking before, I was like, uh, it isn't the best song of the Naughties, Busted. No. It's not. It's it, it's it's an immediate, if you haven't heard lots of Naughties music like we have, at that point, you know, I was kind of listening to it every now and again. It would come mm. on, i go, I love this decade so much. And then I made that kind of blase statement. But like now that we're analysing the songs properly, we're doing yeah. it through a more processed criteria. Uh, Vanessa Carlton is still fucking amazing, and but, there's and there's there's nothing really problematic about it. Not that that's a problem. I'm sure, like I will pick winners across these ten years that are really problematic. Yeah, there's um, going to be some. Yeah, but at least "Busted" is officially the best song to spark conversation in the car on the way back from London that makes you start a podcast. Yeah, there. So they've got that award. Next time you're driving to work with somebody or on the bus with somebody or at a meeting or having lunch with somebody, bring up "Busted" what I go to school for mm-hmm. and enjoy the conversation that follows because there's so much to talk about with it. Yeah, it's a it's a conversation starter. It really is even if it isn't the best song of the noise, mm-hmm. it is a conversation starter. So it's always going to have that. Uh, is it your best song of the noise? Is the question I'm asking you right now? Uh, then do please get in touch and let us know your thoughts are you a pinker are you a busteder are you a beanie man if you are then yeah okay there's other podcasts like Joe Rogan yeah. 
for you. <laughs> but no, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Get in touch with us on the uh, on the old Twitter and stuff, Instagram, Facebook, email, all that thing. Uh, we'll have to pick some listeners' choice because we've only chosen two each. Yeah. What's going to squeeze in? Mm, um, What's what 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 are people going to be interested? I in? I think people will be interested in Eminem. Yeah, Eminem definitely. And um, is there a be- is there a Janet Jackson factor of Beanie Man, or do we not? Give him the airtime. I don't want to give him the airtime because no. I don't want people to misunderstand why he's there. Bon Jovi. Um, bon Jovi. I would say Bon Jovi is probably the obvious one because I'm not even sure Aqualung will be recognised on paper for some people. Although no. I've, I've always remembered Aqualung. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll go with those then. Uh, head across to our Twitter page, TNN Pod. Go vote. Thank you very much. Next time, Holly Valance doubles down with another saucy single. Eve ropes in Alicia Keys for some gangsta loving and the hotly anticipated debut of Avril Lavigne. Ooh, plus the biggest crossing of worlds since the new Spider-Man film. Spoiler alert, sorry. Uh, And it's Will and Gareth on the same track. Who'd have thought? It's almost like it was engineered from the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely stuff. Was that quite long? I think actually it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>